This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Let us pray whilst we are standing. Thank you. Lift up your voice. Play the background music. Yes, let's thank the Lord for this morning. We don't deserve to be alive, but God who loves us and who does not deal with us according to what we deserve, but according to what he wants to give us, has gathered us in his name. We want to say that, Lord, let your will be done in our lives as we prepare our hearts to receive your word. Holy Spirit, our great teacher, manifest your presence in our midst. Manifest your presence in our midst. Let it be a special touch from above that our lives will align with God's purpose, with God's will, and that our lives will be pleasing to him, that our lives will be fulfilling and enjoyable, not only to our God, but to ourselves. We ask, Holy Spirit, let God's will be done in our midst. Let all that must be said be according to what God wants to say and not what man has to say. We thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. I bring you greetings from our pastor, our bishop, our leader, our apostle, Bishop Doug Ewald Mills. Hallelujah. We were in a meeting for about a week, and then, by the grace of God, I'm back home. I missed you. You know, Sunday without you is not the same. And I thank God for having you to be a pastor too. You know, sometimes you may have gifts, you may have things, but you have nobody to share with. That's the problem of rich men or rich people. They have a lot, and sometimes they don't find the appropriate people to enjoy with. That's why you notice that one of the things people who are rich do is that they give a good portion of it away. Almost all of them have an NGO that they support. Because you see, there's something that comes when your effort means a whole world to a people. Hallelujah. And therefore, I appreciate you and I I would like you to be faithful and to be stable so that I'm also stable and faithful in shepherding you. Amen. How many are visiting us for the very first time? Give me a wave. This is the first time you have visited us. Wow. We want you to know that you are welcome and you are in a good place where the word of God is preached according to God's heart and not according to the wisdom of men. Amen. This morning, as time will permit, it's already getting to afternoon. 
I want to continue on the line that I've been preaching. I'm sure you are seeing the changes, isn't it? Yeah. So, what is left for us is to get the drawings of this place, the architectural drawings, so that they can modify it and we submit it to the council to tell them that we are making changes to what they have approved so that we can start doing the site for it to look like a church. Hallelujah. So, very soon, your church is changing. I said your church is changing. And you have a nice place. It will feel like a church, not a warehouse. You get it? We will, we'll try to put a ceiling so that it looks nice and with wonderful, beautiful lights and everything. Amen. And God would enlist your life to do great works, not only in Randbeck, but in faraway places as well. Amen. I know most of you don't believe that God can use your life or even he wants to use your life. But I can promise you, you don't have to have anything for God to take your life and make it a great life and a life that blesses many people. Amen. Don't, don't look at yourself. Look at the God who wants to use your life. Amen. Great. So, I've been speaking, I started at the beginning of the year talking about how important it is for us to honor God. You know, and I progressed on to mention the fact that one of the ways by which we honor God is to think properly. You get it? When you think properly, naturally, what follows is to be thankful. Is to be thankful. But when you analyze things very well, especially with God, you can only say thank you and live a life that is thankful to God. Amen. And then I went on to explain how to give thanks according to who you are saying thank you to. Can you hear me at the back? Can you hear me? According to who you are saying thank you to. Do you get it? Where you are above a person, when you have to say thank you, you a word of thank you is enough. Because your being above the person means that you provide and you do many things. So the, 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 the gradient is from your side to, the, to down. So the person receives from you. So you, when they do anything, you just say thank you to them and it's enough. When I say thank you to my children, when they do something for me, they say it's a pleasure that you don't have to say thanks. Do you get it? Yeah, because they agree that I don't have to say thanks because of who I am to them. But when they have to say thank you to me, a word of thank you is not enough. The proper way of thanking me for what I do for them is for them to become what I set out for them to be. 
the proper way to say thank you to your parents is to be what they desire you to be. That says thank you eternally. That says thank you eternally because they set out to make you become something that brings glory to their parenthood. That, that's what parents set out to be. That they want you to stand in society in a way, in a place where when they look at you, they will say your parents have done well. Are you with me? Yeah. And I remember the joy and the expression of satisfaction that I found in my mother when I passed my exams to go to university with the best possible grades you can get in the core subjects. Because to enter university, you need three subjects, depending on which field you are going to. In my time, not now, they've changed so many things. Do you get it? Many things have changed, but in my time, when I was schooling, to go to from high school, in quotes, to university, you needed three key subjects. You must have three core subjects that you must pass well. There's a fourth one, which is like life orientation. Do you get it? You have to pass. You don't have to get the best grade, but you have to pass. So, but the three core subjects, which for me is maths, physics, and chemistry, I got the best possible symbol that anybody can get. And she was very, when, when, we, when she went to get my results, I could see the happiness that my sacrifice has not gone waste. I didn't say thank you to her but what I did said thank you and it brought her a lot of joy then when I qualified I said I wanted to work to support her but she said no go to school so I went to medical school and then when I finished medical school she was also happy and then when I became a pastor and became a bishop she was there and she was very happy and it's like this son of mine has done Everything that brings glory to me. Even my father, who was not really that supportive, was excited and I later discovered many people that he has spoken to them about me. That my son, and I was his first son. I'm the first son of both my mother and my father. And they were so happy. Do you get it? And that's what, that's the best way you can say thank you to anybody that makes an investment in you. Are, are you with me? Always remember this. Become what you were destined to be by the investment. And you can only do that when you think properly. Because there are other challenges and there are other things that demand you to do contrary which I don't want to go into because that's not the subject I'm discussing I'm on my way to a place I just passed through this place to say a few things okay so it's very important to understand how to give thanks now 
The other subject that I want to now emphasize on is found in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And I think the verse number 21. How come today we are hearing them a lot? I thought they are often quiet behind. How come we are hearing them? Is the door open? So I want us to look at Romans chapter 1. And I think the verse is the verse number 21. Now, it says, because that when they knew God, the earlier verse talks about how God is evident by his creative works, who he is, his power and everything. And, and when you do science, you analyze things. You know what, please somebody tell them to lower their things, disturbing me. When you do science and you observe the things that exist and understand how it operates, there's only one thing that should come to your mind and that is you give glory to God and thank him for what he has done. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that there were a group of people, human beings that God has created. As they grew to discover and to observe the great works of God, instead of giving thanks, they intentionally refused to, to, to respond naturally the way they, they should respond. And this, God describes it in his word as they glorified him not. They glorified him. They didn't give him the glory as God. And they were not even thankful Apart from glorifying him as God, they also did not behave themselves thankful. But rather, they became vain in their imaginations. And of course, when you refuse to turn on the light, that will drive away darkness. Darkness stays. So by becoming vain, whatever it is, in their imaginations, it brought darkness to their hearts. And so many things followed, which is still following up to now. 
You see, the greatest expression of darkness, the greatest expression of darkness is when you turn things upside down from the way it has been created. That is the greatest expression of darkness. When you see somebody doing the opposite of the natural, you know that there's the darkness here is not a light darkness. It's a deep darkness. I didn't say anything. I didn't mention anybody's name. Did I mention your name? Am I calling your number? Yeah, so just listen. Now, so the Bible tells us that these people, when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful. And the consequences was not good. Now, you see, whenever you hear the word of God talking about a group of people, even though you may not be part of that group, be careful you don't act the same way. Be careful you don't act the same way. You see, God expects of them when they knew him for who he is. He had an expectation. Now, that tells us that God equally has an expectation of those of us that are saved by the blood of Jesus. Don't think, you see, normally when people don't learn from others, normally people don't learn from others, but if there's an evil happening in the life of your brother or your sister, begin to ask yourself what steps must I take to avoid the repeat of that evil? If you don't, it will come to you. If you don't, it will come to you. So, what it is is that from this scripture, I can tell you clearly and I will show you in the Bible how that God expects our saved life to glorify him and be thankful. I have showed you how you can be thankful to God. Today, I want to show you how your life can glorify him. How your life that he has saved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son into the kingdom of light how it can glorify God and let me say this to you listen this morning I was saying in Midran where I was preaching that people are the way they think people are the way they think. I am the way I think. Yeah. You are the way you think. You cannot be anything different from the way you think. I said, you cannot be anything different from the way you think. 
Mark it and believe it. It will do you good. If you want to change your situation, change the way you think. Are you hearing me? Stop blaming people for your problems. You know, I have a younger brother whose life has been a mess. I mean, a very handsome, he's handsome than myself. That's if I am. I'm not sure, but the comparison may not, but in terms of the two of us, he will win without a competition. Very tall, hairy, light, light in color, and all those things. His father is different from my father, though we are the same mothers. I mean, we have the same mother. Do you get it? And ideally, he had a better option in life than myself because I'm the first. And you know the first, you always suffer. He had an opportunity to go to a boarding school from grade, grade, I mean grade eight to the last. He had opportunity. I was a day student. I was working one hour to and from home to work and to school. You know, by the time it got to his turn, things were getting better. So he had a better opportunity. But I have come to realize that the way he thinks is the only reason why his life is in a total mess. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. I've tried to help him. Sometimes sending him money to buy because he's, he's, he's into media and all those things because my mother is an art teacher. So some of my siblings have natural talent, like my first daughter. I mean, she took art as an, an extra subject for matric and she passed well. I think she got a seven or so for art, fine art. So my brother is like that. And I don't see why he should not be financially stable. His life is, but you see, the way he thinks is the problem. And so I have learned that if I want to improve my life, I have to improve my thinking. Now, the gold standard of thinking, the gold standard in terms of the quality of thinking, the way to think, is God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The gold standard of thinking is God. And you have to believe it, especially if you are born again. You see, you cannot be born again and reject as the gold standard of the way to think the way God thinks. The pursuits of your life, the goal of your life to aim to think like the way God thinks. Oh, yes. I said the goal of your life should be to aim to think 
like the way God thinks. That is what makes the word of God an important tool in your life. You see, most of you think that the Bible is for the pastor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because many of you don't have Bibles. And it's not that you can't afford to get a good Bible. It's almost like Bible. Bible is for pastors. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But if anything has been a blessing to my life, it's the Bible. The difference between me and my brother is the Bible. I said, the difference between me and my brother is the Bible. The more I read it, the more my thinking begins to align with God's thinking. It's not my education. You see, what education does is to train you how to think and to analyze. Is to, is to teach you how to ask questions. Using a field of subjects. But the subjects themselves don't really do much for you. Because you don't see maths as a subject that is at the workplace. They say we are, we are doing maths here. It's like, no, 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 no. You see, if there's math in the business, it's applied. But the thinking, because no problem presents themselves as maths. No problem presents themselves as maths, but the math teaches you how to think and to analyze. For example, you want, you want to design a tower from where you want to see as far as 200 kilometers to spot an approaching enemy. Now, you have learned in biology and in physics together that the eye because of the lens it sees in a straight line the eye sees in a straight line the eye it sees in a straight line because the rays are straight the lens of the eye makes adjustment to the straight rays so that they, they converge on the photographic part of the brain, which is the retina. So it brings everything together in one place. That's the work of the lens of the eye. But otherwise, the rays of light coming from an object, they come in a straight line. It's a fact you have learned. Now you have to apply it then you begin to understand that if the earth is round 
and the eye sees in a straight line. If I want to see at a distance of 300 kilometers, how high must the tower be? Because from the tower, you see straight. So from where the tower is, you begin to see one, two, three, four, five, up to 300 kilometers. Then because the earth is round, the straight will meet the circle of the earth at a point where you want, where you want that meeting point to be. It must be 300 kilometers. I know some of you are lost, but don't worry. All that I'm saying is that, you see, you see, all that I'm saying is that there's a subject in maths called tangents. I'm sure you didn't know what it was for. But you see, they, they are training your mind to think and to be able to create things. Isn't it beautiful? But you see, it all boils down to the thinking mind. So what I'm saying is that if you change your thinking, you will change your life. I said, if you change your thinking, you will change your life. The gold standard of the best way to think is God. I said, the gold standard of the best way to think is God. For example, God thinks that it is better to love your enemy than to hate your enemy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? That you and I, according to the world in which we are, the thinking is that an enemy must be hated. But you see, the gold standard of thinking is that an enemy must be loved. Because the God who knows all things, the God who understands all things, knows that the presence of hate opens the door of your life to an enemy of your life. And that the real enemy of your life is Satan. Love will shut every, you see, love immobilizes every satanic agenda. So God in his thinking says that even your enemy, you must love him. Because the enemy, your enemy, is not the problem of your life. You are the real problem of your life. The presence of hate in your enemy cannot destroy you. But the presence of hate in you will destroy you. So you see, here we are. And I'm showing you the gold standard of thinking. is God's way of thinking. And he knows it. I said he knows it. And I'm saying to you that if you want to change your life, then strive to change your thinking to conform with the way God thinks. And the source of it is his Bible. So listen, if you don't have a Bible, 
you are not doing yourself good. In fact, that you are born again and you don't have a Bible, I am to say to you that you hate yourself. You don't love yourself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, you don't love yourself. That you don't have a Bible, you don't love yourself because you don't want your thinking to change. Now, to have a Bible and not to read it. (laughs) Do you get it? Listen, Satan will tell you that the Bible is for the pastor because he knows what the Bible will do for you when you begin to read it. That's why he keeps on telling you, you are busy, you are this, you don't have time, you know, you, you are serious. The pastors, they have time, they don't do anything. I hear you, we don't do anything. It's fine, that's your thought. Keep it. The only reason why I'm saying is that I don't want you to be deceived because I want to see you change. And I want to see you become the highest expression that God made you to be. That's why I'm telling you that the Bible is not for pastors. It's for all of us who wants to be like God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you don't have a Bible, it's a problem. Whatever you need to do to have a Bible, have it. If you have it, you don't read it. I don't know what to say of you. That one, it needs deliverance. And let me tell you something. Let me say this to you. You are going to read your Bible with your natural eyes. The way it is presented affects how easy you read it. And and listen, if you want to understand how the presentation affects the ease of reading. Always check the textbooks that they make for students. The textbooks. The textbooks are presented in a way that makes it reader friendly. There are Bibles that are presented in that way. Those are the Bibles you must have. There are Bibles that tells you a little bit more than is written. You need it. So first, have a Bible. Second, read it. Third, have a Bible that is reader-friendly. I mean, some of the Bibles, I can understand why you won't read it, because even I won't read it with all that I know, because they are difficult to read. And for many of you, you can afford it. That's the problem. If you couldn't afford it, it's another story. But for many of you, you can afford it. So please, buy it and read it. This is not a subject I want to preach on, but I just feel it's important. Do you get it? And the evidence that God's thinking is higher and better than ours is from his own mouth when he said in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, that the way I think is different from the way you think. And the way you do things is different from the way I do things. And then he goes on to explain, just in case you think they are five meters apart, they are not five meters apart. They are miles and miles apart. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. 
quickly. We, we're going to get a bigger screen. Very soon. As you can see, we are trying to make it a cathedral. So we will get a. I just need to check which size of the screen would work better. But obviously, we need to have a big screen so that we can enjoy our screen. Amen. It says, For my thoughts, they are not your thoughts. In other words, when I'm talking to you, don't think we are equals. Do you get it? When I say do this, don't. You know, sometimes children grow up and they think they know what you know. When you say this, they give you several answers. But mommy, why? But daddy, why? Anyway, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. Because, you see, your ways reflect your thoughts. The way you do things is a reflection of the way you are thinking. The reason why you spend a lot of emphasis in your outward appearance is because you think that your outward appearance is everything. If I can look beautiful, I can be attractive to a man who will marry me. But you have not thought about whether the beauty can keep the man or not. Your, your aim, you see, your aim is not being attracted, or your aim is not to just to attract a man. Your aim is to marry the man and Knowing how we all are, we want to marry him and marry him alone. We don't want anybody to share with us. Oh, how many want to share a man with other women? Even those that join in after the man is married wishes to remove the one who was there. So you see, what it is that your wisdom and your thinking tells you that if I dress like this, I can attract a man. But you see, your thinking doesn't tell you that your dressing can't keep a man. And secondly, your thinking doesn't tell you that what type of a man are you being attracted by the way you dress? Because a man with a little bit of more than inkomazi in their head will not be attracted by your dressing. They will be attracted by something else because they are not going to stay with your dressing. They are not going to enjoy fellowship with your dressing. They are going to enjoy fellowship with your character. That is why God says that let not your adorning be the outward adorning of apparels and the plating of hair. But let it be an inner spirit or an inner whatever it is of a meek and a quiet spirit which is precious in the sight of God. Anyway, that's not. I want to move on from this bus stop, but it looks like every time I want to drive off, then some passengers show up. 
that I must wait for them to board the bus. I'm go- where I'm going is very far. I'm very far from where I'm going. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm very far from where I'm going. And I need to go there because I'm moving with time. You see, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. So I think in explaining the ways, that's how I, we got to, let's move on from there. Let the bus move. And then he goes on to say, listen, ask the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts your thoughts in other words they are not classmates they are not colleagues so aiming to have the mind or the way of thinking of God is a very high and great ambition You may not arrive there, but it's, it's a higher one. And his word plus his Holy Spirit are available to take us on that wonderful journey. Amen. 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 And then it continues. So, you see, I'm just, I'm, I was just proving to you what I said, that the gold standard of thinking is that of God. Are you with me? And I had to read the Bible because most of you don't read it. So I just have to show you that there's a verse like this in the Bible that testifies of the way God thinks as being different from yours. Are you with? So some of you that, or sometimes people are a little bit educated and they start analyzing God. Oh, please. I mean, think about it. That your five-year-old child is sitting down analyzing you at the age of 47. I mean, think about it. And then how about God? Anyway, if you were to do any of the things that God does, you would turn everything upside down. The confusion that you would cause. Anyway, so that's, that's the verse. Now, the next thing that I really want to talk about is the aspect of glorifying God. But whilst I'm on the thoughts, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. There's a lot of lie that Satan has made us to think towards God. And that must go away from your mindset. Otherwise, you will not enter into God's blessing for your life. And that is that God doesn't want us to be happy. And he doesn't care about our needs for this life. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Did you create you? Did you create you? Are you aware that if you were involved in your creation, Can I ask you a question again? Have you ever set out to do something and you later discovered that you left out an important component? Hello? Those of you who cook. Now, which, if you agree, 
is a proof that you are not perfect. Now, can I ask you a question? This is my question now. Is it possible that if you were creating yourself, you could easily have left the portion of you that makes you able to experience happiness? Oh, you would have. Uh, if you can leave the salt, that gives the taste to the food or some other things. How much more of the emotional part that you don't even know how it is to be expressed? Now, now the point, I'm, I'm saying this to explain to you that why would God give you the ability to be happy and not intend to make you use it? We tend to have wrong thoughts about God. For example, most people don't believe that God wants us to be happy and joyful and fulfilled just as we want. And the evidence that he wants us to be happy is the creation of a portion of us that can experience happiness, which is our emotions. He wants you to be happy. He, why would he not want you to be happy if he, he has given you that? Because it's not your hand that experiences happiness. Neither is it your stomach or your legs or your whatever it is. Or it's a, a part of you. Though invisible, it exists. And somebody can experience happiness for you. Which shows you that the happiness you experience is actually being expressed from a part of you. So God wants us to be happy. And God intends us to, to have the fullest of life here on earth. Our problem is that we don't trust him. Our problem is that we don't trust him. And Satan tells us that you can do it yourself. This is the way. But he doesn't tell us the complications that are in the way and many things that are not part of the way he's showing us. You see, God, eh, he, works all, he makes all things beautiful and works everything together. So you think that if I can have money or I can have a husband, what else do you want to have? Children, or what else? A house. You think if I can have all these things, I'll be happy. But God knows that these things in themselves don't necessarily make you happy. There are other things that must be present in addition to these things for you to be able to enjoy the happiness that they can bring. But you see, Satan tells you, he tells you the main things. And you also go for it. But you see, if you follow God's way, you will find out that everything that you need will be present when you need them. So don't ever believe the lie that God doesn't want your happiness, your joy, your satisfaction. No. God is not a wicked God. Why would he be a wicked God when he would die to set you free from the wickedness of Satan? 
That's not the subject I'm preaching on. So listen, from Romans 1, 21, the Bible says, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, which means that God expects to be glorified as God. God expects us to be thankful. I've touched on the thankfulness. Now I'm going to talk about the glory. Now what is it in our lives that brings glory to God? There are many things. And there could be many things. But one of them is fruitfulness. Is fruitfulness. One of them that brings glory to God is our fruitfulness. The first blessing he pronounced on man is the blessing of fruitfulness. I think Genesis chapter 2, one of the verses, look for it. And the Bible says, And God blessed man and said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Genesis chapter 2, I think. One of the early parts, the early parts of the chapter. The Bible says, and God blessed man. How did he bless man? How did he bless man? By the words he spoke. He says, be fruitful. Be fruitful. You see, Satan is a master at what he does, which is to lie to us. So you find Christians, they get born again. In other words, they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And their main concern is that through being born again, they are free from the punishment of their sins. But they don't stop to ask themselves, what else is expected of me considering the investment that has been made to set me free from the power of Satan? You know, some time ago, I showed you in the scripture what actually God intends for us when he sent Jesus by showing you what Jesus said to Paul when he sent him. Do you want us to read it? Okay, please. Whilst you have found this, just remember the verse. Let's change it and go to Acts 26, verse number 18. Just let's read it quickly so that we can move on because I want to try and run up the service in the next 10 minutes. It says, so the earlier verse was talking to Paul. Do you get it? But you can read it. You have a Bible, isn't it? At least the verse 17 is there in your Bible. Don't, don't, don't bother to show it on the screen. I want to move on. It says, to open their eyes. Ah. You mean the people, their eyes were not open. Were they not having eyes? Were they not seeing their house, their wife, their husband, their children? So what are you, which eyes are, they go, are you going to open? That's for another discussion. 
But I say to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. In other words, the people without Jesus were under the power of Satan. The duty of Paul was to go and preach the gospel for those who will receive and believe to have their freedom from the power of Satan to the power of God through opening their eyes to see the light of life. The message of the intention of Jesus, the heart of Jesus towards us is to move us from the power of Satan onto the power of God. How? How? You see, Paul understood it when he said, to whom you yield yourself or your members, to that person you are their servant. Listen carefully. I think it's, it's somewhere in Romans, I think chapter 6 or so. He says, to whom you yield yourself, you yield your members to serve. To that person, you are the person's servant. So if you, your life serves the purpose of Satan, Satan will be your master. Always remember this. If your life is serving the purpose of Satan, Satan will be your master. If your life is serving the purpose of God, God will be your master. Now, how do somebody serve the purpose of Satan? It's very simple. Anything outside the purpose of God is the purpose of Satan. Including serving yourself. And the reason is this. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. You are subject to control by external forces. Is it a question you want to ask me? Or you have the answer? I'm asking you a question. Is it a question you want to ask me? Or you have the answer? Listen. God has been taking care of your interest even whilst you are under the power of Satan. Is it now that you are under his power that he will neglect your interest? I know your mother and your father went to see God and spoke with them, spoke with him to come and save you from your sins. Of his own love for you, he became what you can never be so that you will be what he is. He who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. That's 
what Paul said. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more now that we are his, he will not together with Jesus give us all things. So it is Satan that makes you think that living for God's purposes on this earth will lead to the neglect of your life. It will never be neglected. It will never be neglected. Hallelujah. But you see, living for God's purposes releases you from the power of Satan to the power of God. So God in his creation of mankind blessed mankind and said, be fruitful. Here am I to tell you that your fruitfulness glorifies God. I said your fruitfulness and the steps you take to be fruitful only testifies of the glory of God. That God is great and will take a man like you and me without anything and make us overcomers of his enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's it. You see, David was an ordinary man, a young boy, despised by his own relatives. Including everybody around him. You are a youth. What do you know about war? And then when you are given weapons of war, you put them aside and you take a cut, a sling and a stone. What is a sling and a stone compared to the greatness of the giant that has made all the soldiers of Israel run for hiding? But you see, in that useful boy, without experience of war, without any serious weapons of war, but a trust and a confidence in God will take a sling and bring down the enemy of Israel for good. You see, that is God's glory. And that, is, that will be the story, or that should be the story of your life. So listen, to be an ordinary Christian and not aim to be fruitful is a failure on your part. And you are almost falling into the category of those who knew God and glorified him not as God. But that shall not be your story in Jesus' name. Because in Genesis 2, is it, did you find it 28? He said, and God blessed man. And God said to them, this is a blessing, be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Am I saying something different? When Jesus came and he was speaking to his disciples in John chapter 15, what did he say? He said, hearing, hearing is my father glorified. How? What way? John 15 verse 8. 
heaven in this in this is the glory of my father the ordinary fishermen like you are going to change the whole world are going to move ordinary fishermen people without any recognition among society are going to be used by me to move people from the power of Satan to the power of God. That is the glory of God. He takes nothing and brings something out of it. If you allow him and if you believe it. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. You can write it in English for us. This English we don't understand. Write it in English we can understand. The one which we say look at. You see? When they say see, it's look at. <laughs> oh. Why? Are you totally? They say you must bring your Bible with all the versions. Is the NLT not working? Please give him microphone so that he can read his version. Whilst you still try to bring us I think we have not paid our dues, so they are not, they are not delivering the service. Mercy. John 15 and verse 8, NLT says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. This does what? Brings great glory to my Father. Uh, what is keeping the thing from? It's frozen. The mouse is not working. Father, everything that is not working, let it work in Jesus' name. Amen. Ish. I think just as we have come, Satan came. Say this thing, you will not hear the message well, but you shall hear the message in Jesus' name. Maybe we have to go away from this cable mouse and do the Bluetooth mouse. Do you get it? So that all these little, little problems don't repeat themselves. NLT, NLT. It says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This, this fruitfulness, this production of much fruit, it brings glory to God. And you see, let me tell you something. When your life glorifies God, God will glorify you. Because he has said that seed and harvest, they go together. So when your life is bringing him glory, he cannot give you anything else apart from glory. Jesus said, I have glorified you here on earth. 
Therefore glorify me with the glory which I had with you. And the father said, I will do it. So listen to me. Your life as it is has nothing much. First of all, by doing what God expects us to do, which is to be fruitful, your life is going to glorify him and he's going to glorify you. And you see, being fruitful in his kingdom is delivering you from being under the power of Satan because you will not be serving Satan directly or indirectly. You will be serving God and you would obviously come under the power of God. And if the power of God is anything to prove how much it will help you, it is what he did for you when you were his enemy. So listen, fruitfulness is important for a Christian life. You see, not many churches preach to us that we need to be fruitful. Can I tell you something? Going to church is not fruitfulness. Just as going to school is not having a job. It is what you get from the school and how you use it in your life that makes the difference. So don't ever believe in a lie that, oh, I went to church, therefore God must be happy with me. It is like your nanny telling you or your helper or whoever is working for you telling you that you should be happy they came to work, but they came to work and did nothing in the house. They only came to use your toilet and use your electricity and drank and ate your food. Fried your eggs and ate your meat and they didn't do anything they were supposed to do in your house. And they are saying you should be happy they came to do all those things and not do what you wanted them to do. Listen, let us not be like others who did not give glory to God. It is your Christian duty, considering the salvation of God for your life, for your life to give glory to God by being fruitful. Whatever it means to be fruitful, find out and be fruitful. I said, whatever it means to be fruitful, find out and be fruitful. And by the grace of God, I'm going to continue next week. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to be fruitful. Lord, thank you for the blessing of fruitfulness. I will stop at nothing. I will press on to be fruitful. Each day of my life, I desire of you, oh Lord, to be more fruitful, better than the day before. Make me fruitful, Lord. By your spirit, guide me and lead me onto steps that brings fruitfulness out of my life. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we are pressing on. We are going to be fruitful. You shall be fruitful in Jesus' name. I pray and bind every demonic lie that is operating in your mind that makes you self-centered, that deceives you and prevents you from being fruitful. 
You shall be fruitful. I said you shall be fruitful. And God shall account of you as giving glory to his name. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Oh, fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is our portion. Fruitfulness is our portion. Fruitfulness is our portion. We oppose and reject everything that prevents us from becoming what you have called us to be. We want to give glory to you. Our lives must give glory for the salvation that you have brought to our lives. May our lives emanate with your glory. May our lives sing praises to you. May our lives testify of your power. May our lives testify that you are able to do everything that you want to happen in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this afternoon and thank you for your word that has come forth. We ask that by your spirit, Lord, let it be seed sown in the depth of our hearts. Let not the enemy be able to take it out, but let it bring a change. Let it bring a transformation in our thinking and in our lives, in our work with you. May we understand that you have an expectation of us that our lives bring glory to your name 
and may your glory take precedence have the first priority in our lives other than anything else and Lord when we do so let your grace and your blessing abound in our lives let our effort yield fruits not only for our lives but above all to glorify you may we be mindful that you have saved us for a purpose and may we not continue to live for ourselves but live for that which you have saved us may we not devalue our salvation by neglecting it but may we always do things that shows how we appreciate our salvation we thank you holy spirit we thank you heavenly father in jesus name as every head is bowed and every eye closed i want to remind you that coming to church is good associating with christianity is good but what is needed from you is to believe in jesus christ as a son of god and to receive him as the way to god and that there's no other way but jesus therefore every head is bowed and every eye closed i know i didn't preach about giving your life to jesus but i wanted to know that you cannot put in place and begin to walk in any of the things that i've preached about unless you first receive jesus as your lord and savior unless you first receive him as a son of god who came and died shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins and cleansing our conscience of every guilt of sin every head bowed and every eye closed i'm not asking you to join the church i'm asking you to come to jesus therefore every head bowed and every eye closed today you have heard my voice don't say tomorrow today you have heard my voice and you want to say pastor i want god and i therefore i receive jesus as my lord and savior lift up your right hand let me pray with you lift up your right hand thank you holy spirit lift it up high lift it up high you need jesus i need jesus thank you father for the hands that are lifted oh lord they are not just hands but they are hearts that are crying and saying come lord jesus into my heart come and save me from the power of satan because i want to be under the power of god this afternoon lord let them never be disappointed but let the step that they have taken bear fruit in their lives bring changes that will reflect the truth of your word in their lives you lifted up your hands i want you to step forward and come i want to lead you in a special prayer that you would invite jesus into your heart come quickly thank you holy spirit thank you jesus come come quickly come
I was going to pray, but I felt in my spirit, and I don't want to disobey the Holy Spirit, that there's somebody here, you must give your life to Jesus. I don't know what it is that is keeping you, but whatever it is that is keeping you and making you hold back, please don't do. Come and join in quickly so that I'll pray with you. Come. Come. Somebody has to give their life to Jesus. And you are holding back. But the Lord says, I should tell you, don't hold back. Now is the hour, now is the time. Come quickly. Wherever you are, come quickly. I'm waiting for you. Come. Let us pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to say this prayer with me. Congregation, you can join in as we pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my life. And I thank you for your kindness that you have shown towards me. I have walked my own way and lived according to how I want. But today, I come to you as my God who loves me and has given me this opportunity. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I make you aware, God, that I have received Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. I believe in him as your son. And I believe in his blood that was shed for me. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And he's seated at your right hand. And because of this, I receive a new life from you. Thank you for your love that never fails. And that has brought me to your kingdom. I'm grateful. Father, lead me in the path of righteousness. Jesus, baptize me with your Holy Spirit and let me never be the same again. But may I be an obedient child of God bearing fruit to the glory of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you, thank you for cleansing me of all my sins with your precious blood. I have faith in your blood to protect me, to deliver me, and above all, to answer my enemies. Thank you for this precious blood that never loses its power. Father, thank you for these wonderful people let your blessing rest upon them and let their lives be a representation of true salvation. By stretching forth your hand and doing miracles, releasing them from every demonic power, ancestral linkage, every type of 
linkages of the enemy i break it in the name of jesus and i declare them to be free to serve you and to live for you in jesus name amen we believe you've been blessed by this message to stay connected follow our lci social media platform.